Milo Vonnen, and welcome to 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm thankful that you're here. Each week on the show, I'll be bringing you expert interviews to encourage and inspire your blended family, along with some special episodes thrown in from time to time. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating review on iTunes or whatever platform you use. In the meantime, be ready to listen, laugh, and learn, and maybe even take a few notes. Ready for this week's interview? Then let's jump in. Milo Vaughn, and welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. And I'm really excited about uh, our guest today because he is a personal friend of mine. He's been kind enough to have me on his show. And most importantly, he's just an amazing guy. So let me tell you about Bob Brum, who is our guest today. Bob Brum is a professional award-winning speaker, author, and encouragement engineer, serving corporate, collegiate, sales, and youth organizations, as well as individuals with encouraging keynotes or workshop presentations. Bob guides audiences to achieve personal and professional growth with positive encouragement and action plans that combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives. Bob is a top-selling author of eight books and has been a guest on internationally recognized media outlets regarding his encouraging, positive perspective, and action-oriented strategies. Bob also created his own podcast, the Encouragement, oh, sorry, Encouragement Engineering, to reach out to listeners to combat the negative t- negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive actions. With his diverse professional background in accounting, business, and 25 years in the IT telecommunications industry, and as a husband and father of three boys, Bob can relate to many audiences through his personal and professional struggles and successes. Bob has presented positive, encouraging messages for many organizations, and as a direct result, has been recognized for encouraging work efforts that have led to both time and money savings for many groups. Uh, You can contact Bob through his website at bobbrumspeaks.com and see how he can help your organization. He's based in St. Petersburg, Florida. We'll have links to all of his uh, social media on the show or in the show notes as well. Most importantly, like I said, Bob is just an amazing guy who has been kind enough to um, be a big encouragement to me over the past couple years personally, and I'm really excited to chat with him today. So, Bob, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate being on. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I am as well. And as interesting listeners, Bob reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. He had listened to one of the uh, one of the podcast episodes he had uh, that that I had done, and he said, "Hey, by the way, I don't know if you knew that I was part of a blended family growing up." And so um, I didn't know that, and it really um, it encouraged me because Bob is such an encouraging guy to know that he came from a similar background uh, as me was also. Um, that's always fun. Um, but I'm really excited to learn uh, about your experiences, Bob, and, and just how you can encourage our blended family audiences. So um, the first thing I like for all of our guests to do is to give us a summary of your blended family experience, personal, professional, or both. Just tell us some of your story so that our listeners who are thinking, I don't know this guy, why should I listen to him? Or our listeners who are going, yeah, I've heard his show, but I didn't know he was in a blended family as well. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, it starts a while back when I was six years old, I lost my mother to cancer. Mm. And, you know, I had my parents were older when I was born. I was the youngest. Uh, My dad was 47 when I was born. Wow. And yeah, so imagine that older than you, Joel, and all of a sudden you have another kid. (laughs) Wow. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, But he was 47 when I was born. Um, They were of the age of the going through the depression, Mm -hmm. World War II. He was a World War II vet. Um, but I lost my mother when I was six. And from that point, my dad, after about two years, uh, my sister talked him into going to a high school reunion. Mm-hmm. And he got reacquainted with somebody he knew from high school. And at that point, they just, they started dating for about a year or so. And 
and I was six or seven, let's see, I would have been, yeah, about seven or eight years old, and, um, you know, things went well, and all of a sudden, a couple of years later, they decided to get married, so here I am at nine years old, getting put into a scenario where now I was the youngest of seven kids, Ooh. instead of just four, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, she had, she had her family, the, her kids were all grown. Okay. And so that's where the blended family came about was, you know, my mother had gone, my dad remarried and you had the Brady Bunch effect, if you will, <laughs> not the six, but the five yeah. or seven, really seven. So it, uh, she had three and we had four. My mm -hmm. two oldest sisters are 15 and 17 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And then her family has, uh, you know, kids that are older as well. Um, so it was a different blended family that it wasn't kids my age. They right. were already grown. Mm -hmm. um, I think the youngest was in her mid-20s Okay. at the time they got married. <clears throat> and so we saw, you know, that starting stage of families that, right. uh, you know, we were seeing them have babies and all of a sudden we were in that babysitters, if you will. Hey, when you come down, you can watch the kids. I'm like, right. oh, okay. You know, here's a nine, 10 year old, you know, watching a, a one or two year old, um, <laughs> you learn real quick how to do things. So I believe that. Yeah. Um, but that's how, that's how my experience was, you know, came about. And it, it taught me a lot because you definitely saw a lot of different things. Um, right. and they were more adult things, if you will. Um, you saw issues that people may have had, um, grown up issues, if you will, with, you know, drinking or or issues like that divorce things like that um and it it made you see things that maybe a younger child you don't want to see but you learn very quickly on how that stuff works mm -hmm. to stay away from it and to you know live your life in a better manner than what some of the things you saw because you were so young seeing some of that stuff right yeah, I think that's really interesting, too, because when um, the the age of the children certainly has an effect on the blend of the family and blending a family with adult kids can be hard in yeah. it can be harder or easier in different ways than blending a family with young kids, uh, just like blending a family with teenagers different than blending a family with toddlers. But I think it's really unique that you guys blended a family with both adult kids and elementary age Yes. kids at the same time like that's that's a lot so what what did that look like in terms of you know we're recording this kind of over the holidays this is by the time listeners are hearing this it'll be you know mid-spring but as we're recording this we're right in the middle of advent season and um so it makes me wonder what you know what did holidays look like for you guys whether it was thanksgiving or christmas or you know how did those things work in your uh, in your family well, we always had at Thanksgiving, we, we would go up to our cottage in northern Michigan, and we'd have everybody come up there, and I had a lot of older cousins. I, again, I was the youngest of all my cousins and so mm -hmm. forth, so they I got to see that from our side of the family. And then at Christmas, they may come, her kids may come up as well, mm -hmm. or we would see them over the summer, or sometimes we would go down there, you know, um, during... We'd come down sometimes at Christmas, but mostly spring break, if you will. We'd come down to Florida and, mm -hmm. and see her older daughter and so forth. And she had kids that were almost my age. Right. I mean, I got a nephew that's about two years younger than me. Right. You know, so, um, you know, it worked out. But the holidays were, it, it was kind of, we were in Michigan, mm -hmm. and it was mainly all the people in Michigan. And okay. And so sometimes the people, her kids from Pennsylvania might come up every once in a while, but um, they were doing, you know, building their family, doing their thing. 
and she had one in Florida at the time. And, and so, she, you know, she had three kids. It wasn't like she could just hop on a plane right? Um, with that scenario, but it, it, it was mainly the people we grew up with in Michigan. Okay. So uh, who, no, let me ask that differently. Um, how old or how much older than you was the next sibling? Because you mentioned you're the youngest of seven by the time you guys blended, and the oldest yeah. ones were 17, 15 years older than you. Correct. My my oldest, my sisters, um, I have a sister that's 15 years older than me, one that's 17. Okay. And then the others were probably similar ages, I'm guessing. Um, one of them, I'm trying to think, because he was probably 20, 26 years older than me by the wow. time I came into the scenario. And then another one that was uh, 30 something. She's retired now, but you know, so there's, um, there's a, there's, you know, a significant age difference, if you will. Okay. But it's, um, you know, it's, I won't say 30, it won't be 30 years. No, it, it's about 20 some years difference. Wow. I forget that. Okay. And you mentioned that, sorry, you mentioned at least one of them also had kids that was close to your age. Yes. Yes. The oldest on my mother's side, my uh -huh. stepmom's side had kids that were her oldest son, I think is two years younger than me. Wow. And so how did yeah. that go when you guys got together? Oh, it was fine. You know, yeah. we would do stuff and, you know, we, we get along fine. That always worked out real well because you were similar ages. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but you also got having older parents, my dad, you know, I always remember we'd come down here and then he always wanted to have a nice dinner. So he'd take us to this nice steak place, burn steakhouse over in Tampa and we'd have a nice dinner. So you got to experience some things that maybe you wouldn't have as a younger family, right? Just because my dad had been a little bit more successful over time in business yeah. and was able to do that where yeah. with younger parents, there's no way. Right. Well, and with less, not, with less uh, kids at home too, you're not paying for as much anymore. Right. Exactly. At least theoretically. Well, yeah, two boys at home that always ate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some of our listeners are going, amen to that. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, the, the grocery bill certainly uh, takes on yeah. different meaning when you when you add that kind of a blend together, I'm sure. Well, and if you think about it, too, my stepmom, she came back into it, and it was a matter of, I got to do this again? You right. Know, think about that scenario. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, but, you know, that generation, that's they took it on and just rolled mm -hmm. with it, and that's what they did. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important to understand too, is that, um, you know, as a history person, I'm sure that I get biased in favor of certain things. And, and one of those is the wisdom that gets passed down from generation to generation. Um, I, I believe that we should give it more credence than we often do. Um, but I think it's also important to really understand that, especially like you mentioned, that World War II generation, they were just different. There's, yes. there's a reason they're called the greatest generation because um, they really didn't shirk from challenges. Uh, no, and no. so I think it's, I, I think that's great that you got to see that kind of example. Cause uh, again, I'm sure there are some listeners right now who are thinking, man, if all of my kids were grown, I'm not really sure I want to marry back into where I'm going to start raising another one who's back at eight or nine. Right. You know? And, and well, I've, I've had some guests who have talked about that too, where it's like my kids were almost out of the house and now I've got one who's back in diapers and oh my yeah. goodness, that's just a different world again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you think about that. There's that generation that got skipped, if you will, because my dad was from that generation mm. and it was, you know, you work hard, you do mm. your work, you, there's no excuses, get it right. done. Um, and it, it wasn't, you weren't coddled at right. all. You were, it was a, here you go. 
You yeah. learn how to swim by getting dropped in the lake. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I love that word you use coddled. That reminds me of a book. I'll put links to this in the show notes. It has nothing to do with blended families, but I recommend it to people because it's a great book. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind uh, yeah. by Matthew Height or Michael Height. And I forget who the other guy is, but it's anyway, it's just a, it's a book that talks about how uh, America's mentality has greatly changed over the past generation or two. Um, and we basically become much more weak minded than we yeah. had been in the past. And, and it's because of that coddling that you mentioned. So I think that's important for blended families because we need to understand that it's not a bad thing to have standard. It's, it's not a bad thing to have high expectations. Now, obviously in a blended family, you have to be careful how you go about setting those expectations. And you have to be careful about how you hold kids accountable to those expectations. Yeah. Um, but I think having high expectations is a good thing. Oh, there was, yeah, there was many times. I mean, we were held to a stand when you, you made your bed, it better have square corners and <laughs> you better be able to bounce the quarter off the bed. I, yeah. You grew up that way too. And I would come home from school many times. I remember one time I came home from school and all my clothes were outside in the bushes. Oh no. And our bedroom was upstairs in the second floor. I was like, Oh, Oh, you know, I get up there, the bed's torn apart. I didn't fold my clothes right, you know, nope. so it started all over again. You yeah. know, it was that type of, you know, here we go. We're going to do it. We're going to do it right. And it's not going to be fun necessarily all the time, but right. you learn to get through that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, my dad wasn't quite that way with me. He was a little bit that way with my older brother. Both my parents were military and my dad had been in Vietnam and, um, by the time he got to me, he, my mom had helped him mellow out a little bit. Yeah. And so he was a lot stricter on my older brother than he was with me. Caused some problems between my brother and me growing up because I, I tended to get away with a lot more. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, as the middle child, I appreciated that. And he, uh, <clears throat> he did not. So again, listeners, if, uh, if you've got some uh, issues like that going on in your blended family, maybe give some consideration to, uh, to some of those things as well. Um, well, Bob, what's the, what's the biggest blended family challenge that you guys faced and how did you overcome or address that? Wow. That, like I said, some of the things I saw as a younger child, if you will, mm -hmm. um, were adult issues and that was, you know, kind of hard to deal with. Um, you learn to stay away from that scenario, mm -hmm. but it wasn't easy to see um, when you have you know, an older stepbrother that's supposed to be taking you and being your guardian, if you will, for what you're doing that evening or, or on a camping trip. And, you know, he's drinking. That's mm -hmm. not a good scenario. Um, you know, that was hard to see. It was hard to deal with sometimes. And, you know, you learn to get away from that. You learn that you saw how it wasn't good, mm -hmm. the, the scenarios that came about from that. And so those were some of the, the adult things that you saw weren't necessarily what a younger child should see, but it was what it is. I mean, every family possibly could have something that occurs like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you do have to look at it and learn from it. I mean, I learned obviously the good from the bad, if you will stay away from that scenario because you saw what occurred. You saw mm -hmm. the bad of it. Um, right. You know, you didn't want to go there. And so right. you learned from that and made sure you were on a, on a better path. Um, you know, the ability to, to maintain your education and not throw it away on something like that is, is, you know, you want to make sure you stay on the right track. Right. Um, some of the things that come up even later, you know, that, um, people don't realize is eventually the parents pass. Mm -hmm. 
And that's when the weirdness comes out. It's like, well, wait a second. You know, all of a sudden there's, there's people here and all of a sudden they show up and it's like, wait, where, where have you been all this time? And all of a sudden you're showing up now. Mm-hmm. It's, that's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's discussions that need to be had while people are alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that need to be set in place before it gets to a bad point of permanent death or whatever that all need to be set up. So that's one thing I learned too, is, you know, if you will, the, the life expectancy of the end of life planning, mm-hmm. you've got to have that in place. You've got to have mm-hmm. it written out. You've got to have it detailed. So there's no bunch of arguments of he said, she said, we said, and, and the belief and, and finger pointing. You don't right. need that. It's first of all, it's not yours to even claim because you didn't do anything with it. You didn't make it. The parents right. made it. It's theirs. Whatever right. they decide is, you know, whatever it was. But um, those types of things, you, you got to realize that blending people think a lot differently sometimes and those discussions need to be had. They need to be talked out because we're, none of us are here permanently. We're all going to end up in a box, big or small. And those things have to be planned out and discussed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually, I've seen that as a topic of discussion on a couple of different blended family groups that I'm a part of recently where people will talk about, um, okay, so what happens if, and, and you're exactly right. That's important to to have agreed to or or agree upon um, between the families ahead of time, so that everybody knows. Okay, if something happens, here is the plan. Especially if the kids are still young or at home. If they're minors, they, yeah, yeah, because they need to know. Now, uh, I, I w- the next question I want to ask you is what what effect did growing up in a blended family have on you when you got married and started your own family? How did that, how did that kind of affect what you did or what you have done? You realize, you know, the, the benefits of a, if you will, a a family unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First family, nuclear family. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it it doesn't really matter first or second, but you realize that, that, that bond of the first, if you will, Mm -hmm. you also realize that, you know, even your in-laws, that's Mm -hmm. kind of a blended family as well what they do, how you accept that, you know, how you steer your kids for the, you know, whether it's good or bad scenarios, Mm -hmm. how you guide your children with that. Um, Those are all things you learn to, if you will, you don't have to be accepting of the actions, but accepting of the people, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, however they, they act, however, what they do, that's them, but you don't have to have it as your way of life. Right. You can guide your, you, you can set your own path and be strong enough to set your own path and make sure it's a good path. Yeah. One of the things that is important to pick up from other people is maybe what not to do. I mean, we talk a lot about obviously wanting to be a good example for our kids. Um, and, and I would say that every good parent tries to do that, but there are also certain things that, you know, you learn what not to do from other people. I know there were certain things I learned from my older brother. Well, I'm not going to do that because it kind of, <laughs> exactly. you know, like, <laughs> and the same thing in the classroom, you know, I teach, yeah. I teach kids all day and there are certain times when kids do stuff and I'll stop and say, okay, this right here, don't do that. You know what I mean? And, and not to call a kid out, but just to say, okay, this, this is a mistake. I want the rest of you to learn not to make that same mistake. And if you can learn that from his, instead of 15 of you all having to make the same mistake, that's better. Right. Well, and the point too is with, in my situation, it was, okay, you have older parents, you have to give them the respect they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, that's something that seems to be 
forgotten in our current society. Give yeah. the respect to the parents. It is not an easy job. No, you know, no, it's not. <laughs> but, you know, and if they're doing it a second time, like mm -hmm. in our situation, Oof. yeah, yeah, it's like, okay. Voluntarily doing it a second time. Right, like, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's a lot to ask. Yeah. Um, and, and God bless her because I, and I've, I've said this on the show before, but being the, being a step parent is the single hardest gig anybody could have. I would not have signed up for it. Yeah. I, I my, my wife is a stepmom. I yeah. would not have signed up for that job. I just, you're guaranteed all of the difficulty. You're guaranteed the making of the lunches or the driving of the kids to school or the yeah. having to deal with, uh, you know, just teenage issues. Like yeah. you're guaranteed all the hard you're not guaranteed any of the respect, appreciation, or love. Right. You're guaranteed right. all the crap and none of the benefits. And that just sounds like a terrible deal. So yeah. God bless <laughs> you to everybody who accepts that. Yeah. Um, well, she was five geez. foot tall, but she was a little powerhouse, man. She drove a school bus and it was, yep. and she had to have blocks on the pedals, but uh -huh. nobody messed with her. No, no. look, you don't, look, little short ladies, man, they can be the meanest ladies in the world. I'm just, I hope she my could, mom's not listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> she could keep up with me. I'd go up the stairs. She'd be yelling at me. And I'd mouth off. And she'd go to hit me with something and she would step for step behind me going up those stairs. I'd yep. turn around and be like, ah! Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. You gotta, and, and you're exactly right. We, we need to make sure that as parents, we are teaching our children to be respectful of the other adults. And again, in blended families, what that looks like is probably going to change over time as a relationship gets built. Okay. Um, but it is something that needs to be, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be taught to kids. And, you know, and, and I've mentioned this before too, kids don't have to learn how to be disrespectful. They don't have to learn how to be rude or snarky or, or selfish. Kids just are that. It comes right. naturally. Yes. It does. Well, I mean, it's our sinful human nature. Like yeah. nobody has to teach kids how to be bratty. And, and anyone who doesn't believe in original sin, I, I invite them to go work in the church nursery. Yeah. You know, teach yeah. elementary school for a day and you will, you will come around yeah. because nobody teaches kids. You know, nobody has to teach kids to be that way. They just are that way. And in blended families, it's easier to learn that because you can learn how to play parents off each other or you can learn how to play households off each other. And so again, as, as parents in blended families, you have to be especially sensitive to making sure that we are teaching these kids those lessons. Just like you mentioned, we need to teach them to show parents the respect that they deserve just because they are parents. And that's one thing I did, I did see from them is learning that united front, mm. if you will, mm -hmm. you weren't getting past that wall. Good. You know, yeah. you know, it's mom said something and dad would kind of back it up. And, you know, most of the time it's okay. Cause she was with it all day. Right. So, yep. you know, it's the way it's going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. And listeners, that's an important one to remember too. In your blended family, uh, you need to, the kids need to know that the parents have each other's back. They need to know if mom said it or dad said it or stepmom said it or stepdad said it, they need to know that the other parent in that household is going to back them up. And bonus, if you can get both households to back it up. Because that way you don't have kids playing one parent off the other biological parent at the other house. Well, dad already said I could do this, mom. So sorry. Like that, that's not, that's not a fun situation uh, for parents to be, to be in as well. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of things uh, that are kind of hitting around this, but I want to ask specifically, what is, and this is my favorite question to ask everybody, what is the best blended family experience or memory that you have? Because it's easy to find 
difficulties. It's easy to find lessons that we've learned from hard stuff. But I love sharing the stories of positives as well. What's the, so what's the best blended family experience or memory that you have? I would say, yeah, it was around the holidays. Um, it was always plenty of food. Um, it was fun to see everybody laughing, having a good time. That was always nice. Um, you know, so that that's one thing that you definitely, you get to expand, if you will, your immediate family to that, that extra family. And you got to experience different things. I probably wouldn't have come down to Florida too much before I left cop after college mm -hmm. um if you know that wasn't part of the case so because my mom wanted to be down here she mm. decided wanted and when they retired to come down to florida where her oldest daughter was okay it's okay so you know you, you get to experience a lot of different things because of the scenarios right. you know not only traveling and, and seeing different things yeah, I think that's important to uh, listeners to understand that um, having a blended family is an opportunity for you and for your kids to learn and experience things that they wouldn't have necessarily in the in their original or, or first family or however you want to put it, because the um, the step parents and or step siblings are going to bring different experiences, different uh, tastes, different uh, ideas, different talents. And when you can view those things as a positive, as a way to grow as a person, instead of viewing them as a negative, that is, these things are encroaching on the family that we used to have, you know, the sooner you can embrace those as positive things, I think the better off you're going to be. Um, I know that I'm very happy that my wife, my kid's stepmom, has taught them a number of things that they might not have learned otherwise. And I don't say that, obviously, badly about their mother, but, you know, their mom has different talents than their stepmom. And so the kids learn different things from each of them. And I think that's a, that can be a very powerful positive in your kid's world if you can, if you can focus on that way. Yeah, it is. Like I said, it was always interesting because we got a chance to travel to different places, um, bring some of the grandkids up here to northern Michigan, if you will, or up to northern Michigan in the summertime. So they got to experience the lake and being outdoors where they were mainly in a city life. So I think have to have some different experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example of what we were just talking about. I think it's excellent that, that you guys were able to do that and go different places, see different things. Like you just mentioned, experience things that yeah. you otherwise probably wouldn't have. Um, and I think that's, I think that's excellent. And again, listeners, if you're hearing that, ask yourself that question. What, what can we do to turn this into a positive? How can we view this as a growth opportunity rather than as uh, just another frustration, right? What can you do to, to turn that into a positive thing? That's, and again, um, that's something that uh, if you, if you guys go and check out what Bob does on his podcast and his website and his speaking, uh, you will find a lot of encouragement and a lot of ways to turn those into positive. So um, just a, a plug there because it's entirely true and, and listeners, I encourage nice. you to check out his stuff. Um, now uh, you were provided with a copy of the 10 commandments for blended families ahead of time to look through. Having done that, which one of these do you see people struggling with the most? And what kind of wisdom would you share with those people? Uh, I, I always like the, I think the initial one, act as you want your kids to act. Mm -hmm. That, because in this blended family situation, whether you're younger and your temper takes over or you're older <laughs> and you realize, you know, the, the ins and outs of a family and how it all works you got to act decent to people. That's mm -hmm. plain and simple. They're people are people. We're all people. We all bleed red, you know, be decent to each other. 
and be decent to yourself. Know that the value you have within you, you don't have to put up with stuff that you don't like, but you don't have to be mean about it. You can redirect it like we were tend to talk about, redirect it to a positive. Experience something, learn from that experience, and either, you know, steer towards it if it benefits you or or you feel good about it or stay away from it if it doesn't so you get a chance to learn mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that's that's one of those two pillars that we talk about um the uh the first one is to be the adult you want your kid to become and that's what you were talking about there yeah. the other one is to um remember the golden rule from our childhood right treat other people the way you want to be treated and i feel like you were speaking to that as well because you're exactly right um one of the greatest things that blended families could do is for the biological parents to remember to just be decent to each other. Yeah. Just, just, you don't, I mean, again, you don't, you don't necessarily have to go out of your way every single day, the way that you might've tried to do when you were married, Yeah, but just be decent to each other. I, I think that's a great way to put it. Well, and, and that's part of the experience with older siblings that mm -hmm. ended up getting divorced. You saw that not so great experience. Mm. And so Okay, no, that doesn't work. You don't need to call names. You, you know, the, the legal battles are expensive. They wear you yep. down. Be a decent person, and it works out so much better for everybody involved. The kids, the parents, you just move on with your life. You do what you need to do. So, yes, definitely. My mother always used to tell me that. I remember she, that was a, one thing she'd help wake us up, and I remember the golden rule, do unto others as they have done unto you. You know, she'd always tell us that. Yeah, and it, it is. It's It's important to remember because as adults – we tend to forget that we tend to treat people the way they have treated us instead of the way that we would want them to treat us. And, uh, and that doesn't, that doesn't typically go so well, especially when, like you said, it could lead to legal disagreements, which are very expensive and time consuming and emotionally draining and you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on with that one. Now, um, again, I know that you grew up in a blended family, and obviously I'm pretty familiar with the work that you do working with uh, corporate groups or uh, doing keynotes, speak, uh, presentations, and things like that. But in terms of what you do as an encouragement engineer, how would that apply to people in blended families? Oh, that's a great question. It's, you know, we can all, and it's funny because I, I'm looking at a mini course I'm developing and I look, I look at the past, present, and the future, and I look at the positive perspective of those events. Now, we can dwell on our past and be, you know, down in the dumps about it, say, oh, always me, but we can't. We can learn from it. I think that's what a blended family allows us to do is allows us to, maybe it didn't work right. What did I not do so well the first time that I can improve on maybe another time or in the future? Or even just getting better at being myself, my true self, in the present. What does that look like? How is that going to help me? That's going to build strength, provide encouragement for myself so that when I go out there and decide to, you know, meet somebody again or get in the dating scene, whatever it may be, I have that courage of knowing who I am and what I'm about and knowing that, you know, my, yeah, maybe my previous marriage didn't work out, but what comes about from that experience, what comes about from that learning is something that I carry with me into the future. Mm -hmm. And that future opportunity, you know, I've learned, I've grown, I have these great kids, if the kids are involved, you know, it, it, what, how great is that to bring into the future and the opportunities that come about with, you know, that newness of a new relationship and what comes with all that and just, you know, getting people to know each other, experiencing that growth. Mm. Yeah, I think that's good because certainly everyone who has been through a divorce or is thinking about 
um, you know, starting a blended family uh, because of whatever their past may be. That's something that is often forgotten is how much we need to be encouraged. I mean, I can remember 10 years ago after going through my divorce, um, I wasn't really interested in dating. I certainly was not even mildly interested in ever getting married again. And um, it was because the experience had been so hard. And so the idea that we can learn from the past and then take from it the parts that will be helpful and then just kind of leave the rest of it in the past. I think that's excellent advice. I know there got to be listeners out there who are going, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, so <laughs> what, what are some ways that blended families might do that? What are, so if, you know, what are some ways that, that people who are either in or thinking about starting blended families, how might they go about doing some of that? Well, for starters, that you said it, you know, let the bad be in the past. Okay. It is what it is. We can't go back to tomorrow, yesterday. It's in the past let it go. Okay. We all have things that have happened to us somehow or some way in our life and we've got to leave it in the past, but we can learn from it. You know, my mother passed away when I was six. I can't dwell on that. I can't do anything about it, but I can learn from it. I'm here for a purpose and that purpose is to encourage. And so when we experience something, we grow. You were younger when you first got married and got through your divorce. You learned from it. You grew from it. You became an, a more knowledgeable person. And as you age and get older, you can take that into your future. And I think that's one of the key things people need to realize is, you know, things will happen and, you know, we've got to be able to keep moving forward. The world still turns no matter what occurs. Mm -hmm. And so moving forward with that, as the sun comes up, we move forward and we keep learning and we keep growing and we look at the opportunities, keep that hope of what you want and who you want to be in your future so that you can go after that. You take the steps necessary to keep going after that. Uh, you know, reading more if that's what you want to do, going into your Bible more, and go to church more, learning more about, you know, better um, family engagements and how to do that. It's, it's all, it can all be there. It just takes time to get there. And, and realizing that, that's a big thing too, is realizing nothing's going to happen overnight. You know, <laughs> yeah. this too shall pass, but it doesn't happen overnight. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And listeners, he mentioned a couple things there that I think are important to come back and visit. Uh, the first one is, again, take what, you've, take what you can from the past, learn from it, and then leave the rest of it in the past and move forward. Uh, two, look for ways that you want to grow. Ask yourself who you want to be and then start taking steps to get there. And then I love what you said at the end there, the third thing, which is it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, anybody who's ever had, you know, tried to do like significant weight loss, if you could just eat one salad and, and, and then be good, like we'd all look great. That's, you know, I, one of my, I hate that I'm going to say this, but one of my favorite memes I saw a couple years ago was someone who was making like a really angry face. And the, the caption of it was me after eating one salad when I still haven't dropped 15 pounds. Yeah. It's like, yes, that's exactly because that's how we think. We think, you know, we yeah. live in an instant gratification culture. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I, look, I skipped one meal. I worked out for a week. Yeah. I ought to be in great shape. And it's like, yeah. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. And, no. and that's certainly not how it works in blended families. Right? Yeah, it's going to we take don't time. have a crock. It's a crock pot life, not a microwave life. It's exactly right. And that's exactly the illusion that um, or the analogy that uh, Ron Deal uses in one of my favorite books, which is The Smart Step Family. Um, you know, he talks about how you can cook a meal in the microwave and it'll fill you up and it'll probably be OK. But if you really want a good meal. It's going to take time, whether that's in the crock pot or in the oven or the slow cooker or whatever, like it's going to, and everybody knows the difference. Like if, yeah. you know, if my wife makes chili in the crock pot, 
that's a much better meal than if I throw a frozen dinner in the microwave. Yeah, microwave burritos, you know, they're, they taste that way for a reason. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's a reason why I use a lot of extra hot sauce on the microwave burritos. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, so before we wrap up, um, what are you, I, don't, I know that you're not part of a blended family now, uh, but what other piece of advice, wisdom, or tip, or strategy would you share with blended families? Again, um, communicate. I would say that would be a big one. Communicate. Mm -hmm. Do that communication. Get to know each other. Get to know, you know, how each other, you know, do things in their life. Because you're coming into a situation where somebody may do something a lot different than you, whether it's at, especially at holiday times, mm -hmm. you know, the traditions. You know, those could be a little bit different. Accept that. That's okay. People do things differently all the time, you know. You know, wear one red shoe, one black shoe. It's, you know, you have two <laughs> shoes on. It doesn't really matter. Whatever. If that's your thing, okay. But be willing to learn. Be willing to accept those differences and be able to grow from that. You don't know what they've gone through, you know, growing up in their previous life. Um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But, you know, accept that difference and learn from it, grow from it. And, you know, we all have differences. So why not accept it? You know, Enjoy the company of the people. I think that's the biggest thing too, is enjoy that, that camaraderie, that opportunity you get to have to, to be around people, be around others, especially in this, this time. Um, hopefully we'll get out of this, we'll get out of this COVID thing soon, but it's one of those things that you miss having people. And I think our society is realizing that, that mm -hmm. connection to people is a big piece we're yeah. missing right now. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, and I, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, things yeah. will have started back yeah. on the back, you know, be back on the upswing. That's, that's what we're hoping for. So um, yeah, hopefully listeners, as you're listening to this, I hope that you're going, yeah, I remember that COVID stuff. It was crappy. Yeah. I'm glad we're done with that. Um, Cause that would be, that would be wonderful. Um, now what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and learn more about your work? Cause I'm telling you blended family listeners, um, Bob is absolutely one of the most positive, encouraging people you will ever come across. And so if you need some encouragement, this is the guy to connect with. So what's the best way for him to do that? Thanks. The best way is uh, get to my website, www.bobbrumspeaks. That's B O B B R U M M speaks, S P E A K S.com. And you can get me on LinkedIn as well, Facebook. I'm on Instagram as well. Post all my social media there. It's got links to my one-minute motivations that are out daily, as well as my podcast, um, the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, um, so Bob and I have been buddies for a while, and I follow him on social media, obviously. And um, pretty much every day when I get on Instagram or LinkedIn, the first thing that pops up is your uh, one minute motivation. And so listeners, again, I'm telling you, it's, it's a great resource. It's a very encouraging thing. Uh, and I would encourage you guys to check it out and uh, just connect with Bob as well. Again, we'll have links to all those things in the show notes. Um, your show is good too. I mean, I'm on there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. <laughs> I know. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Bob is, you've been one of the most faithful people to, uh, to, to tune into the blended family devotionals on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays I, that I did last year. By the time this comes out, it will be last year. Um, I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Those have been, uh, those were a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I don't know if anybody else did, but I learned a ton. So yes. Those are I good. Enjoy them. All right. Um, so all we got left now is the lightning round. And this is one of my favorite parts because they are goofy questions that are fun to ask. Um, so number one, if you have to pick one of these three, which one is your favorite Lord of the Rings, Narnia or Harry Potter? I got to say Narnia. Nice. There's no wrong answer. We, we love <laughs> Narnia in our house. So that's, 
that's really good. For those of you who are um, interested in Narnia, there are a couple podcasts you should check out. One is called the Lamp Post Listener. It's a couple of guys who go through the entirety of the Chronicles of Narnia, one chapter per episode. Um, wow. And there's also another one called uh, Pints with Jack. It's a C.S. Lewis-based podcast where they read C.S. Lewis's works and talk about them as well. So um, if you're into Narnia and C.S. Lewis, check out those two podcasts. I'll put links to those in the show notes as well. Um, all right, number two, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hot dogs. Hot dogs is what I'm talking about. Good. There you go. That's good. I had somebody on. I've had a couple guests on the show who said neither one. I'm vegetarian. And I, I know. I heard that. I was you know, like, what, what is that? I, you know, possible communists. We got to, we're out to check into that and see. I don't, I don't know. That's weird. I got a I got one of the seventh graders that I've taught this past fall who is vegetarian. And uh, I didn't have to give him a hard time because the classmates did. But yeah, the good news is he was a really, he's a really good kid. So I'm not worried about him. He's awesome. All right, number three, boneless wings. Are they a real thing, or are they just pretentious chicken nuggets? They're pretentious t- chicken nuggets. Seriously, we we <laughs> yes, had that. Dis- <laughs> yeah, we had that discussion in class the other day too. We were uh, we we're writing haikus, and uh, I told the kids to write a haiku about their favorite food, and one of them wrote one about boneless wings, and I said, "Nope, yeah, not a real not thing. Real. <laughs> you, you can not call them thing. buffalo nuggets." Yeah. You, there's no such thing as a boneless wing. That's ridiculous. Okay. How does a bird fly without a bone? That's know? what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's exactly right. How do they even wave their wing if yeah, they're non-flying right. birds? Like, yeah. it, you got to have a, whatever. It's fine. All right. Number four. I know the answer to this because I know you, but dogs or cats? Dogs. Yeah. yeah. If you guys haven't seen pictures of Bob's dog, he is the absolute best. So, I like yours the other day where the dogs are just peeking over the table like, yeah. I'm here, we're going to play. Yeah, yeah that, look, well, right now as we're recording this, they're asleep on the bed on the other side of the room. So they're, they're yeah. kind of my podcast companions. They're a big help, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, mine too. Yeah, right? Uh, all right, number five, tea, sweet or unsweet? I got to say sweet tea, and I didn't have it until I came down to North Carolina after I got out of college. Nice. Being a northern boy, I never, we never heard of sweet I was going to say from Michigan, yeah. That, okay, yeah. so we've converted you. That's what you're yes. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> Good. And then the last one, um, what's your favorite quote? Just something that pops into your head, something you'd like to share with people, something that uh, sticks in your brain. Yeah, Romans um, 8.28, I think it is. Mm-hmm. All good things will come to those who love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that from Zig Ziglar. He mm-hmm. signed a book with it and said, here, let me give you this quote. And he wrote it down and signed his name to it. And it just sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, you know, it, it, you believe strong enough. You got the faith. It's not up to you. So give it to God and be yeah. done with that. You know, you don't yeah. have to carry the worry and the weight around with you. Give it to God. Hey, it's much right. easier. Yeah. And, and again, for those of you who aren't familiar with Zig Ziglar, I'll put links in the show notes to some of his information as well. Uh, again, you want to talk about a guy who is positive and encouraging and uplifting. Um, Zig Ziglar was pretty incredible. And if I'm not mistaken, his son is doing a lot of the same work these days. Is that correct? Yeah. Tom Ziglar is running the Ziglar Corporation out in Dallas. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll put, we'll put links in there to, uh, to all of those things as well. Um, so excellent. Cool. Well, Bob, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always good to catch up with you and I appreciate you sharing your encouragement with our audiences as well. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it as well. Um, listeners, thank you guys for listening and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. If you feel this was helpful, please subscribe and then like and share the interview. 
If you'd like to contact me directly, feel free to reach out through the show's website on Anchor or via social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and I'd love to hear from you. Last, if you'd like a free copy of any of my blended family resources, be sure to check out my website at stepdadding.com. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed to you and your blended family.